guess at targeting game flow heroes that Ty Chris Tyree makes a ton of sense at running back. Sports. It is your sports by hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Hancock. Hi, everybody. Episode 52. What you heard on that open there was episode 51, a little Chris Tyree action, huh? That worked out very nicely. I drew that up like Nostradamus, talking about all the game flow. Hey, if he gets just one series, he can ba- break a big play. Guy's fast as lightning. Uh, that was a joy to watch. Jeremy Rucker, on the other hand, kind of hurt. Zero catches. When I did, in fact, say that he was bagel-proof, I nominated him bagel-proof. I anointed him bagel-proof. And then, of course, no catches in a game where Ohio State scored a zillion points like I thought they would. and Nothing for him in there. It was disappointing. I think I had him in uh, just about every lineup I could set. Oh, well. It's over, and that's where I move on to this week. It is week 15 uh, in college football, or what is left of it. It's been kind of a disaster. Um, a lot of opt-outs, more this past week that we'll talk about. So let's waste no more time and get into it. We're going to start with the CFB DFS and then get into a little NFL talk, as we always do, and um, talk about how I was uh, cursed by a Texans fumble on the goal line. Okay, enough of that. Let's start with CFB DFS right now. All right, welcome in one and all. We have a 12-game board as of right now. I'm recording this on a Thursday night. I think there's a couple that are uh, shaky, but let's get into what is there at the moment. Uh, First game, Alabama at Arkansas. Bama is a 32.5-point favorite and an over-under of 68. That puts this on a projected pace of like a 50 to 18-ish type score. Uh, On the Bama side, I think the notable guys that can get us some value because their prices haven't blown up yet. Uh, Tight end Jace Billingsley has been coming on strong lately. Um, His price is at 4,800. He had a really nice game last week. Um, Scored a touchdown, I think had four to five catches. Anyway, just looks, um, looks like a nice athletic tight end for them, as if they need another one of something like that to help. <laughs> but uh, And then I think uh, Slade Bolden continues to be uh, really low-priced. I think it's, there's a good reason. I mean, he's still the you know 3-3A option, maybe even fourth option in that uh, passing attack. But again, it's like I said about Jeremy Ruckert for Ohio State at tight end last week. Um, anyone who's in the offense, who plays a lot of snaps, is worth a look as a deeper cut in any given week just because they're in such a high-octane offense it's going to score, you know, four to five touchdowns minimum and put up a ton of ton of yards. So I think those guys um, could provide some solid value for this week's board if you're looking in their ranges. And, again, with Bama, there isn't a whole lot to, else to say. Devontae Smith is good. Uh, Najee Harris is good. Mac Jones is good. They're going to do their thing uh, pretty much week in and week out. It's just a matter of if you're willing to pay the price and pay, fi- find, figure out ways to be able to afford them, of course, which is kind of the point of 
what I'm trying to do here. So that's why I talk about guys like Billingsley and Slade Bolton a little bit more. On the other side for Arkansas, uh, running back Traylon Smith, solid role and price for that position. But this is Bama week in the Bama D's allowing 3.4 yards per carry to opposing running backs. And I think when you're paying prices like that, and this is a point I, I reiterate often, is that when I'm paying like above average prices for any position, I want the all the stuff on paper stuff to be correct. So game script, um, good for, for running, big Vegas over-under. We're talking about a team that's projected to get 18-ish points. Uh, the script does not probably call for a lot of good running. So um, when I'm paying prices like that, I want those things to be, at least on paper, I'd like to be in a much better spot in a much more viable way so I can just feel good about going into the contest. Hey, um, everything on paper looks good. It just has to work out on the field now in an actual way. And again, doesn't mean it can't work with someone like Traylon Smith or these other options where I don't like the matchup or the script or the Vegas overrun or whatever the case may be. It doesn't mean it can't work. It just means that I don't want to pay for it when, it, when those things aren't there because um, I'm already looking at it going, eh, 6,100, I think I'd rather shop elsewhere. So even though I think he's a guy who could probably touch the ball 20 times, and that's really great at that position, that, that role is something I definitely want to pay for, the other stuff um, just isn't there for me that I, I want to pay that price. So outside of that, I think we're just kind of out on Arkansas together for obvious reasons that I've talked about. Um, it's just Bama's Bama. They're going to do their thing and they just make everyone look pretty bad. And they're the one of the three teams that actually does uh, take defense somewhat seriously in the SEC. So let's move on to UNC at Miami. Miami is minus three, the over-under is 67 and a half, and this is a much more DFS-friendly script. As you can see, you have a 35-32-ish type uh, projected score in this game. On the UNC side, Daz Newsom and De'Ami Brown um, proven Time and time again, they have the upside to compete for top wide receiver on the board. And that's why I really like them at their prices. I think Daz is around 61 or 6,200. Diami, I think, is a little closer to 6,500 off the top of my head. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, this is just a really nice matchup. Typical ACC, uh, no defense game. And um, these guys have proven that time and time again, they can have big games if the circumstances are right and I think these are them so I think you definitely want to consider them um, I think they could really have a chance to compete with guys like maybe not Devontae Smith uh, because he is uh, video game like every week in and week out right now so maybe not him but uh, the rest of the guys I think are in play for them so um, and then the other note I had was Javante Williams sputtering question mark uh, and I think my answer is no um, it's really more like a case where the last two games they played, one was against Notre Dame, who's a team that actually can play defense and play it well, and they did. So it was just a tough matchup where they, the whole UNC team scored 17 points, uh, didn't really let them run the ball. So tough matchup there. And then last game was against I think, Western Carolina. It's basically a glorified scrimmage, and it was over at halftime. It was 42-0, I think, and it, it was just all this whacked out game flow, and he didn't get a lot of touches, and they were just giving other guys opportunities in the second half. So... Um, I'm not going to hold that against him at all. I expect him to have a really nice uh, bounce back, big game here for him to finish out uh, the end of their season. And um, I think you're kind of getting him at a discount a little bit because of the recent 
uh, lower production that we're used to from seeing him throughout the season. So I think this is a great spot for him to uh, have a nice game in a great matchup with Miami. On that side for Miami, tight end Brevin Jordan at 5K is one of my favorite price floor ceiling candidates at the wide receiver slot. The, DF, the DK wide receiver, even though he's a tight end. But um, I really like him. He, in his first game, returning from injury about three weeks, had four catches for 75 yards against Duke last week. Um, and we've seen him. I, there was one game earlier this year, I think it was against um, Florida State, maybe. He had a crazy big game. So he's capable as well. Um, and I think he really is kind of, now that he's back, I think he might be retaking the role, kind of the top pass-catching threat on that team from Mike Harley. We'll see. Um, I think I might be pumping the brakes on Harley a little bit too because uh, because of his price at 7,200. Um, with Brevin Jordan back, I just don't know that he's going to receive the volume like he has been with him out. So I don't know that I'm going to pay 7,200 for someone like Harley in that offense. Another guy I was looking at here, if he does play, I think he sat out the last, definitely the last game, maybe multiple, but it was uh, Mark Pope. Um, at 4K, he's averaging four catches a game. It's just someone I think at 4K that if you're shopping around that range, I think he has a nice floor there. Um, so something to consider there. And that's kind of all I have to say about uh, that game in Miami. Certainly Derek King, uh, Cameron Jordan, I think. Um, yeah, you want them in your lineups. They're going to have a nice game here. Great, great spot for everyone to be productive um, in a game like this. Let's move on to Wake Forest at Louisville. Similar DFS friendly type script here. It's a uh, Louisville minus one and a half over under City three and a half. You're looking at kind of a 32 31 uh, projected score from Vegas. So, last time we saw the Deacons, it was that crazy UNC shootout they had. And the big news of them now is the lead back, Kenneth Walker III, has opted out this week. And that take, I think, takes the ceiling on Christian Beale Smith uh, way up for this week in a really nice matchup. And I think I would take, based on the matchup, I think, and other things, I think I would take him over Zamir White. I'd take him over Tyler Goodson, based on Goodson's tough matchup, and Larry Roundtree from Missouri. Uh, even though they cost, I think, a little bit more than him, I would rather have Beale Smith now that Walker is out and um, the very friendly matchup against a uh, pretty bad Louisville defense. So um, and I think he has really the upside for that position, I think anyone but Najee Harris, I think he now has that upside here to um, be one of the top backs on the board this week. So I know I'm going to be tempted to play him a lot in, in all my lineups because he doesn't have that tough of a price at 6,600. So um, something to consider there. Wide receiver position for Wake, both Jakari Roberson and Donovan Green. Also a great spot for them to outform their prices. Uh, Roberson is the clear wide receiver one. I think he's around 6,700. And Donovan Green, I think, has stayed around 5K. They proved in that game against North Carolina that if it gets out of hand, they can be super productive. Um, and Hartman played really well in that game to the, the quarterback, Sam Hartman. So, um, hey, the, the, the matchup is right. Uh, all the workings are there to have a big game. You know someone's going to have a big game in this offense. So um, those are the guys I think you want to target. I think on maybe a more of a deeper cut, Taylor Morin, He's probably good for, you know, three or four grabs as well. Uh, he's around 3,700. So if you're looking for that, I think he he fits that profile. On the other side of Louisville, the big news here is 
Um, Javian Hawkins had already opted out about a month ago, roughly, and now following him is uh, their wide receiver one, Tutu Atwell. He's uh, looking towards his NFL draft preparation, so he's out. Now I think that takes the ceiling on Des Fitzpatrick um, and maybe even Braden Smith up. I think, obviously, Fitzpatrick becomes the de facto wide receiver one, and again, this is a great matchup to have that in. And, um, he's around 5,800, so definitely a great price floor ceiling candidate now with Atwell out in the cushy matchup against the Wake Forest defense. So it's definitely someone you want to be targeting this week for your wide receiver position. And uh, I think I'm passing on the RBs for Louisville just because since J.B. Hawkins has opted out, Malik Cunningham has really been like the de facto RB1 on this team. Um, his rushing stats have skyrocketed since uh, the departure of Hawkins and um, no no one else behind him, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, from the running back position has really just kind of taken the reins as, as um, Hawkins could and maybe they just don't have anyone as good as Hawkins was. I thought maybe Hassan Hall would be that guy, but um, it just hasn't been there. So I, I think they've just pivoted a lot where Malik Cunningham is now doing a lot of RPOs and he's calling his own number. So um, I'm going to avoid the running back position for that team. Uh, and definitely, yeah, get all of Malik Cunningham you can get. So let's move on to Houston at Memphis. Memphis is, sorry, Houston is a four and a half point favorite over under 63. That puts us on schedule for like a 33 to 29 ish score. So a race to 30 here in what usually is um, high scoring affairs in the American Athletic Conference football. So. On the Houston side, uh, the big story is to check the status of their top receiver, Marcus Stevenson, before the game to see if he plays. He's been out the last two games. Thoughts are that Keith Corbin would be the logical choice to see a bump in volume and in value, um, but really it's been kind of a smorgasbord at that position. No one's really completely separated or had a, a, a big game or picked up the clear slack that Stevenson has left behind. So um, it's kind of been spread around for Clayton Toon at quarterback. The guy I would watch and I think would target would be Bryson Smith. He's kind of their Swiss Army knife. They like to give him carries, um, a big yak guy. And they just do kinds of a bunch of different things with him. I think he even threw a pass the last game. So he's kind of their joystick player. The reason I like him is because he's 3,700. And he's a guy that, you know, again, he doesn't need a lot of volume to do a damage. He could return value at that price on like one or two plays so um he's a guy that i would look to in that receiving court if stevenson is out i, I think i would bump up his value a bit and maybe take a more of a gamble with him and try to go with corbin's at um 5800 i think we just talked about a guy like des fitzpatrick i think i'd much rather have him than uh, keith corbin so just an example there and then um Running back Kyle Porter has been somewhat the bell cow for the Houston offense. And if he sits out again, he sat out there last game against, I think, I believe it was South Florida, I'm going to avoid the Houston RBs. I just don't – I think it's going to become just a committee situation or a hot hand situation. I don't really want any part of it, even though the prices are pretty friendly. Um, I'm just going to kind of hold off on playing one. If Porter's in, I think he's fine. You know, Memphis is a good matchup. Uh, doesn't play a lot of defense, and um, he's, he's a pretty decent price. I think he's around 5900 So that's a good price for a starting running back who's probably going to get around 20 touches against a bad defense. Um, that's a, always a nice 
again, like I talked about with, you know, script, uh, Vegas over under, all those um, kind of parameters, all those things that you'd like to see on paper fit the script, um, he has that. So uh, I think at 5,800, he makes sense at the running back position if he plays. That is Kyle Porter. On the other side, running back is a mystery right now for Memphis. Um, Rodriguez Clark has been the guy to be the primary ball killer most weeks of the season. He is up in the air for this game. Um, also, Kylan Watkins has been productive, but he's been nowhere to be seen either. Uh, it's been Ace, Asa Carter. I forget. I, I forgot the guy's name. I didn't write it down. Why do I do that? Uh, anyway, bottom line is when I looked and watched this team the last few games, it just no one's really stood out. It's been really inconsistent the production from the other guys, and I don't want any part of it. Um, because I think, again, like I said about Houston, it feels like more of a committee situation, maybe a hot hand. And in the past so far, no one's really jumped out to be the guy to show that they can be productive. So I'm going to avoid it if Clark is out. If Clark plays, um, I'll just I'll copy and paste what I said about um, Kyle Porter for Houston. It's um, it's a good price, good script. Uh, and if, if especially if Watkins is kind of now out of the picture a little bit, uh, he's probably good for 15 to 20 touches in a nice matchup. So um, his price is good enough to return value in that kind of scenario. So he's someone I consider. And then I think there's really nice value in tight end Sean Dykes at 5,700 and wide receiver Taj Washington. Uh, we know Kelvin Austin III is the wide receiver one, but Washington has kind of been playing like 2-2A with Dykes most weeks, and they both shown that they can put up a really nice day. So they have good prices. I think there's someone that you should consider to help uh, get your price remaining per player in your cap up when you're building your lineups. So let's move on to the next game. It is Washington and Oregon. And I think I got a good little nugget for you here, like a Chris Tyree type nugget. I think you'll like it. And Washington is, sorry, Oregon minus six, over under 55. That puts it on script for like a 30 to 24-ish. So you know, not super low scoring, but maybe not as good of a, projected total as the last couple games we talked about um, and also there's potential here to postpone or possibly cancel this I know that Washington suspended all of their uh, team activities I think this maybe today or yesterday so that's not a good sign but let's just talk in case they do play so I think last week for Washington uh, running back Sean McGrew potentially separating from the pack a little bit for the running back position uh, he had a really nice second half and finished with 16 carries, 65 yards, and two touchdowns. He's at 5,300. I think this is a solid matchup again. Oregon, not, not that great defensively so far this year. And um, I think that that makes sense for Sean McGrew as is, is he continues to kind of maybe be the one to be more of the RB1 for the Huskies. Um, I talked about last week, so far through the first like three or four games, they were playing their running back volume and, and it was all over the place so um it was nice to see someone kind of jump out a little bit there and we'll see if he can continue it this week i think he's worth the 5300 if you're looking to take kind of a speculative gamble on someone at that position um the other guys here is k-dot at wide receiver i think he has a solid price floor ceiling candidate as well uh he's at 5300 he's been their kind of de facto wide receiver one so far this year and the only guy who's really shown um kind of be worth their price so to speak uh, so someone to consider there. And then kind of from the deeper cut department, four-star freshman, Rome Aduzde, Odunzi. 
<laughs> yeah, these names. Um, well, first name is Rome. That's all. Just, let's just go Rome. Anyway, led team in catches last week. Finished with a five-catch, 69-yard line. Also ran the ball two times. He's at 3,300. And I read a little bit about this guy. Um, he had offers from Oklahoma and Alabama. And I always like to use that more than like the star ranking because if uh, Bama and Oklahoma are interested in you, then I'm interested. So uh, that kind of tells me a little bit about this guy. And he's, um, he, I think he's a pretty big guy, 6'3", like 205. So um, that was nice, kind of a little mini breakout last week. And as a true freshman, to have that kind of impact early on in your career, I think shows that um, he's going to be a good player. So uh, someone to consider in that deeper cut department to uh, continue to be productive. And I, I like that price there. So something to consider. On the other side with Oregon, uh, it's about the status of wide receiver Devin Williams. He's a solid value at 5,700. He sat out last week, I think, from an undisclosed injury. But uh, he's been the clear-cut number one receiver in this offense. Tyler Show has been pretty quality at quarterback. So... Um, I think he's someone at that position that has a, you know, again, solid price, floor, ceiling candidate in this offense. But he's up in the air, so check his status, make sure he see if he's playing or not. Um, if he's not playing, I think Jalen Red is the slot guy, short pass, yak guy. He's probably good for four to five catches a week. But the guy to step up the most would probably be Johnny Johnson the third. Um, he had a touchdown last week in the game, and he he proved last season. Um, once he got on, the, got on the same page with Justin Herbert, he was capable of having really big games. So um, I think he's if, if Dan Williams out, that's the guy you want to target. And um, for the running back position with Oregon, I think I'm kind of avoiding here. Um, another factor that I, I see on paper with these things is you know timeshare, workload shares. And Di, him and uh, Travis Dye in C.J. Verdell, they're kind of in that position now where I don't know who's one, I don't know who's 1A, I don't know anything. I'm not sure they know. And it might be a game-by-game, situation-by-situation circumstance in terms of how they split their workload. Um, Die was up in the air and questionable last week. He ended up playing, but he played in a limited role. Die really started out as the starter in the game. Started out as the starter. What an idiot. Uh, but uh, and he played really well. Travis Dye did it. And so it's, you kind of wondered, like, okay, well, do, do I want to take a gamble on that on Verdell? Even though I, I think he's a good player. But if the if the volume isn't there, then then what are you really getting? That's why it's their prices that turn you off. Because you just go, if I'm paying that type of price for these guys, I want to at least rest assured on paper all these things line up correctly. And now it just has to go out there and work. Um, so I don't know. I'm avoiding that situation. I'll let someone else uh, take the gamble there. And... Um, I think in general, in this game, I don't know how much I want to really invest in general. I think there's other places, like we talked about, Des Fitzpatrick, Brevin Jordan. Um, those are examples where I'd much rather have them at their prices than maybe like a Jalen Red or even a Devin Williams or um, Sean McGrew running back for Washington. I think I'd rather have those guys based on, again, it's the, uh, the on-the-surface things, the matchup, the Vegas total. Um, the guaranteed assumed volume that's going to be there for these guys. I think I just like what I see on paper better from guys like Fitzpatrick and Jordan in their games this week. So um, that's where I want to spend my money. Next game, Coastal Carolina at Troy. 
Coastal Carolina's minus 13 and a half, over under 51 and a half. That makes for a 32 to 19-ish projected score there. I think it's pretty straightforward here. QB, Grace McCollum, RB1, CJ Maribel are the only options worth their prices for Coastal. Um, the, the wide receiver, the passing game in general, just there's not enough volume week to week for... I, I, I don't want to pay for it. I'm not going to pay for it. So I'll let someone else do it. But for me, it's, it's just a straight avoid. And then um, only player I consider on Troy is their wide receiver one, Kalen Geiger, at 4,900. He leads the team with 55 catches, averaging almost six per game this season. So I think this is something where um, kind of a few weeks ago I talked about a guy, Jaron Pierce, where I think he's a wide receiver, one of the smaller teams that we generally don't see. Oh, there's the police car going by. How nice. Um, anyway, it's something where I think DK just kind of got it wrong. And um, I think this is kind of an error here. I think they had, there's even a receiver on this team that they priced above Geiger, which didn't make any sense to me. So um, he's the only guy I would consider here. And I think he's a nice, um, again, nice, nice volume, nice price. You know, the floor's there. So um, he has a few like seven, eight, eight catch games this season. So, um, yeah, that's about it. Let's move on to the next game, which is Georgia at Missouri. Georgia is a 13-point favorite over under a 54-and-a-half. So we're looking at a kind of a 33-20-ish to 20-ish type projection. Um, first note I have is Zamir White, James Cook, timeshare. And this is something where I'm just going to reiterate my point about on paper – what that means to me in terms of Zamir White, who I like, who I think is very talented and has a spot to be very productive here. But at 6,800, do I want to deal with that headache of being in a timeshare? Um, and even if it's even if it's 60-40, um, a lot of it's going to come down to, like it did last time out, maybe the goal line work. And there was a drive early on where Zamir White had most of the touches. They got down in a, on the five-yard line and James Cook ran it in for a touchdown. And that type of scenario for 6,800, I can't do it. It's, it's just, it's not, my mind won't let me do it. So I just wanted to kind of reiterate that point and why I make the decisions I do uh, in a given week. And it could be as simple as something like that. Um, again, matchup, Vegas projection. I'm just not interested in if some of those things are off at 6,800 bucks. Um, and James Cook, same thing, 5,600. I think there's going to be plenty of production here between the two of them, um, but it's just almost guesswork, and I don't want to do that at those prices. So uh, I'm going to stay away from that for this week and talk about the receivers here on Georgia. George Pickens ceiling now with um, what's-his-nuts, JT Daniels in at the quarterback position, who I think is a much more competent quarterback than most that they have and puts the ceiling on these guys a little bit more like Pickens. His first game with him a couple weeks ago against Mississippi State, he had an 887 one line. I think you can um, expect some lines like that moving forward from him the rest of the way. Maybe even, um, you know, I, I, I expect he'll get across the century mark, maybe a touchdown this week. But I think six to eight catches range is there uh, week to week in this offense now. Uh, for the, he's, he's kind of the quasi-de facto wide receiver one. And I also want to talk about uh, the ceiling on someone like tight end Trey McKitty who was a Florida State grad transfer. And uh, he's just a, he's a good big playmaker at that position. Last game he had um, a 246-1 line with um, 
JT Daniels in there at quarterback. He's at 3,500. I think a nice building block piece who has a little higher of a ceiling now with Daniels under there, under center for the Bulldogs. So Trey McKitty might be what some I consider in the 3K range as a nice building block piece. Um, on the Arkansas side of the ball. It's kind of my same take. Sorry, the Missouri, bleh, Missouri side. It's my same, it's same take as the Arkansas offense versus Bama. Um, Georgia, one of the best defensive teams, if not the best, in the conference. They hold opposing running backs to something like 75 yards per game. Um, by far the best in the conference, and the, just a very elite type number defensively for Georgia. So someone like Larry Roundtree, um, that's not going to bode well for him. Again, one of those factors on paper for 7100 bucks that I talked about, nah, can't do it. And um, in general, just... You know, Georgia is just another level in this conference when it comes to um, defense, and they're going to make um, even some of the better offenses look a little bad, with the exception of someone like Bama. So this is a, this is something where I get worried about Missouri and their ability to maybe score two offensive touchdowns. Um, so I'm going to kind of move on from them and get out of this game because I'm not interested. Let's talk about Wisconsin at Iowa. Iowa's minus one over under 43 and a half. We got a race to 20 in the small 10 here, guys. Um, you probably are gonna can guess what I'm gonna say. It's it's the word out. I think I'm just out here on this game. The only guy that I think I would consider is the wide receiver for Iowa, Amir Smith Marset, only because I think he's somewhat matchup and script proof in a way that he doesn't need many touches to make big plays. He can he's a touchdown scorer. He's a big playmaker. So he's a guy who can touch along maybe four or five times and uh, do some damage with it and outperform a pretty modest price of 4700 That's also a big factor. Um, if he was 6 I might be saying something differently. But at 4700 I might be willing to roll him out there. But, um, again, it's just a, it's a probably going to be one of those ugly small 10 games, um, unlike this next one, which is better that I want to talk about. Well, I have a lot of interest in It's Rutgers at Maryland. Uh, Maryland minus seven and a half over under 58. We have a 33 to 26 ish uh, projection here. So I'll just want to lay out quickly Rutgers offense against kind of the average to bad teams in the Big Ten, or at least bad defensively. Um, in their last three games before their loss to Penn State, one was against Illinois. They had 20 points, 422 total yards on offense. U of M, they had 42 points, 486 yards of offense. Purdue, they had 37 points, 412 yards of offense before. Uh, just a tough game against Penn State, 23-7 loss. Um, I think their quarterback may have, Noah Vedral, may have uh, gotten hurt or not played in that game. I can't recall top of my head. Anyway, it was just a bad game offensively. Uh, and Penn State's been improving a little bit lately, so I'm, I'm kind of just going to ignore that and wipe that clean and coming up against Maryland now, who's third worst in the Big Ten. They average 442 yards allowed, fifth worst in scoring defense, allowing 33.3 points per game in the conference. So um, this is a average at best, probably more like a bad defense that uh, I think Rutgers can do some damage on. One guy, I think possibly my guy that I wrote about in fakepigskin.com, maybe my favorite building block in here is Shameen Jones at wide receiver for Rutgers. He's been trending before that Penn State game really well in that kind of a solidifying a wide receiver two position behind Bo Melton. He's at 3,400. 
Uh, U of M game. Two. This is three games ago. U of M, 7 for 127. Next game against Purdue, 8 for 88, two touchdowns. Um, and they that's before that terrible game against Penn State when he had like one catch. But the whole offense had like something like, it was like 200 yards total. This is a bad game. Um, but I think uh, here is a great spot for him to get back on track and be productive like he was. The two prior games that I mentioned, um, just kind of kind of popping up in the right spots here. He's probably my favorite building block piece uh, on this board. I feel like he's safe for four to five catches, you know, 50, 60 yards. That's all I need at that position. And I think that's a, I think that's a four. So um, I think there's some legit upside in this matchup here with him. And I talked about those stat lines he had in those two games um, before the Penn State loss. I think that's, that, that's upside there. So that's what we're talking about with this guy. Um, other than him, Noah Vedro, the quarterback, I think is probably the, my top option if you're paying down a quarterback. He's at 5,400. He's proven to have big games against the right defenses. So that's a really dirt cheap price. If you get 15, 20 points from that, uh, you're cooking. So that, that's all you need. And that's really uh, valuable at the quarterback position. The running backs have been way too chaotic, and I'm going to avoid them. Um, there just hasn't been um, any consistency in production and workload over the course of the season. So I'm going to avoid Rutgers running backs, even though I think there could be some value there, but I'm not going to waste my time. Uh, on the Maryland side, love Talia Tagavailoa at QB from Maryland. He's at 71, a little more expensive, but I think he definitely in a spot to have a big day. He was playing really well before they had to get – they had a few postponements. They haven't played. Um, they had a long stretch where they didn't play. I think they've only played. Is it that or someone else? They've only played like four games anyway. The whole season is so, so weird. Uh, but other than uh, Talia, um, the wide receiver one here, Dante Dimas Jr. It's 6100. I love this guy. Probably gonna have him everywhere. His last three games that they've played. Yeah, they have played four games. And it their first game outside of that first game against uh, Northwestern, where they got blown out 43 to three. Offense has looked a lot better in those three games. Here's Dimas Jr.'s stat line. Seven for 101, a touchdown. Six eighty-six, a touchdown. Six one fourteen, a touchdown. So um, this guy's rock solid. That's a rock solid price as well. And he is going to be uh, one of my favorite targets at wide receiver on this board. But uh, in general, I think that's a much more interesting game and to be invested in on the board this week. Let's move on to... Duke at FSU. Uh, look, <laughs> I mean, FSU minus five, over under 57. Kind of a 31-26-ish um, script here. So could be some value, but it, it, it's tough. So let's just talk in, about the Blue Devils. Um, it just lost to Miami 48 to Dick. They had 177 yards of total offense. I don't know what you really want me to do with that. I will say if there's any week where maybe they can pop a little bit and outperform uh, their prices, it's probably against FSU, who's DFL in the ACC in yards allowed per game. And they're really in the bottom three in every other major category defensively. This, that side of the ball, it's just a disaster for them. It has been all year long. So maybe this is a week if you want to go with like Noah Gray at tight end, Jake Bobo, or Jalen Calhoun for wide receiver for Duke. Um, you're not risking a lot because they're all in the 3K range. So um, I think maybe if there's any week, it would be this one for them to outperform their price and to actually consider them other than just kind of completely ignoring them like I normally would. So, um, But the, the running back position has been really inconsistent between Mateo Durant and uh, Deion Jackson. I don't really want to pay for those guys, especially Durant, who's like 6,400, even though there could be value there. I mean, I, there, there could be against his defense. The other thing I would just caution you on all of this is that 
the quarterback play is just so bad. And sometimes that, that doesn't matter how good the matchup is. If the quarterback just can't execute, it, it kind of doesn't matter. Uh, Chase Bryce, and I believe it's he's still going to be the quarterback. Um, I read a, a Roto World update of his a few days ago from last week saying that he completed 80% of his passes. That's good. But his yards per attempt was like 3.9. I mean, that is a incredibly horrifyingly terrible number. 3.9 yards per attempt. Don't even know how it's possible, really. Uh, so anyway, it just kind of tells you that he's just not seeing things very well. And he's a little gunshine trying to push the ball down the field. So I don't know. It, it's just something to think about. I, I don't really know what to do with Duke. I I, I think there's a it's logical for them to have a decent week this week offensively, but I'm probably going to avoid it if I can and, and go with guys like uh, Shameen Jones for Rutgers, like I mentioned. So uh, on the FSU side, lots of uncertainty for FSU. Hasn't played in a month. Um, lots of opt-outs on both sides of the ball. Who knows how that's going to affect things. One of those opt-outs include kind of their lead back, LaDamian Webb. And um, there was uh, Mike Norvell, head coach, has been talking about getting true freshman, four-star recruit, Lawrence Toafili, the ball more, and getting him involved. And that's one of those things where you're kind of speculating that maybe these last four games is just going to kind of turn the over to the youth and just get experience in games. That could very well be happening if you're willing to kind of speculate on that. He's 3,500. Uh, Duke is a pretty solid matchup. If he gets 10 to 15 carries, that could be your touches, I should say. That could be enough to do uh, damage and outperform that 3,500 price tag. So um, I think he's the one person I'm considering on this offense. I think generally, kind of like Duke, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of avoiding this game a little bit. Um, and also just to kind of push on Lawrence Tofili's chance for production. Duke is second worst run D in ACC, allowing over 200 yards a game rushing. That's terrible. So I think anyone, whether it's Ja'Shawn Corbin or Toafili, um, there's a, a solid spot here. I would go with Toafili just because of the speculating on the youth movement and the price. Other than that, I'm kind of generally avoiding this offense. Quarterback Jordan Travis, I think he's going to be back and expected to start, but um, 7K might be a little bit too much for me. I'd rather have someone like Tua, 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 Talia Tagovailoa from Maryland if we're going to uh, pay for that price at quarterback. So let's move on, get back in the small 10. It's my Spartans at Penn State. Penn State is minus 15, over under a 46 and a half. So we have like a 31-16-ish type projection here. On the Michigan State side, the only guys worth considering, Jalen Naylor and Jaden Reed, and that's only if Rocky Lombardi is not starting, which I believe he is not. But if Rocky, if, if Rocky, I don't care if he's healthy or not, if he is trotted out there anymore, I'm going to start questioning Mel Tucker's sanity. That's how bad he is. So um, I believe I heard an update just not too long ago that it's not going to be Rocky, so I think it makes Reed and Naylor a little bit more uh, enticing. But again, uh, State's just not a very good football team. They might struggle to score uh, two offensive scores this week. I mean, that, that's legitimate. So um, on the Penn State side, I think the one story is uh, freshman running back Kevon Lee, four-star, showing signs of taking lead back for Penn State. Devin Ford was the guy heading into their last game, and uh, he fumbled the ball twice in the first half, and uh, Lee 
Lee took over in the second half, got 17 carries from 95 yards. So nice productive spot for him. And then he also did not fumble the ball, which is even more importantly. Um, MSU is in the middle of the pack on Rundy. They give up over 160 rushing yards a game. So I think it's a decent spot for him. He's 5,100 if you want to pay down at running back. I think he's a solid option. Um, and it's a, just a very run-heavy offense. So I'm kind of out on everyone else. What they've been doing lately is using Sean Clifford and Will Levi's as, or Will Levis, I believe it is, as kind of um, rotating them. And Levis is a much more kind of running quarterback. And it's and Sean Clifford, just they're kind of neutering him in a way where they don't really, I don't think they want to put him in a position to throw the ball a lot because that's not going to probably go that well. So, um, and they've had a lot of opt-outs. You know, Pat Fryer moved out, but out their big tight end. Um, so I'm just kind of out on the quarterback receiver position for Penn State as of right now. Only one I'm considering is uh, Kevon Lee, the freshman running back at 5,100. So let's go on to the last game. Navy at Army. Army minus 7 over on 38. It's a 22-15-ish to script. I love our men and women of the service academies. Um, just not for DFS purposes. You have a game where everyone in it is extremely touchdown dependent. And there probably isn't going to be a lot of touchdowns scored. So with that said, we are out on this game completely. Um... If you would like to jump in, God bless. And then that's that's kind of all I have for that game. So um, that is it. That is the 12-game board as of right now. I did it. You did it. We did it. Um, if you're so inclined, please stick around for the NFL conversation. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, we actually, the doctor and I, my celebrity guest picker, um, we we had a lot of agreement. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good week, or it's going to be a disaster. So uh, that starts right now. All right, it is uh, week 14 in the NFL. We are here. we got four more weeks to get our act together. At least I do. Um, and I'm joined, by always, as always, by the doctor. Doctor, how are you? I'm, I'm doing well today, Bob. Um, odd week here. Uh, I know you're going to break it down in a minute, but a lot of road favorite home dog games this week. Uh, very rare. Very rare situation for for the model, but all all of mine include uh, road favorite home dog games. So I'll let yeah. you break I'll let you break it down. It's an interesting one. Was it was it tough to get to five picks this week? You, you know it it, it wasn't. It was, okay. was it for you? It sounds like it might have been for you. I think the fifth one I waffled on two plays. We can we can talk about it, but um, I will I say this: I, I I really wanted to include the Lions this week, um, <laughs> but the model would would not let me do it. Uh, but for the listeners, uh, I, just money line line this week. This I, this I, is happening. I, I okay. I'll just quickly. I'll just go there. There. It's a. It's Green Bay's a, a WNC win no cover. I'll just say that. Win no, no it's a it's a Lions win. But <laughs> the the originator of uh, of Checkdown Staff, um, which I changed to CDS, uh, is a Green Bay fan and a, and a regular listener to the pod. Uh, and so, you know, he's expecting a rollover to the Lions uh, this week. It's not going to happen. The, the CDS, CDS is going to have a day. It's not going to be the CDS that we're used to seeing. So just get ready. Lions cementing themselves back in the playoff hunt. <laughs> Daryl Bevel extension, head coach. Yes, oh, yes. Uh, okay, well, I, the Lions did kind of factor in a little bit of what I did, but not necessarily them specifically. But let's talk Let's talk records. Uh, last okay. week I was, I was two and three. Um I have to blame 
a Texans fumble on the goal line with under a minute oh, to go. That that man. was that was, that was brutal, and I, I don't deserve that. So uh, that I'm that's my too, favorite part of the pod, Bob. Is your uh, <laughs> your excuse for the week? That's what no, I look forward to the most. No, they're not they're an excuse. Not, they're reasons. Become, yes, they're reasons. reasons. Yes, they're yes. reasons. Of course. So clearly, I should have been three and two, but um, uh, God hates me. So uh, and then season, I am 30, 33 and two, still uh, scratching, clawing my way back to five hundred. And uh, last week. You were three and two, a winning week, and you're yeah. sitting at the season at 34, 30 and one down the home stretch here. Any uh, thoughts from your picks? Any any complaints? Uh, surprised by the outcome of the Steelers game. You know, not necessarily the cover, but them losing. Uh, good for Alex Smith. That was that was great. And you know, I chuckled a little bit at the the way Green Bay covered, but, <laughs> I, but they still deserved to. So and well, I so I had Philly. I tried to get cute, probably too yeah. cute. Right, um, and I, I, I actually was like, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, this is going to be the dirtiest backdoor of all time. And then uh, Aaron Jones went Aaron Jones, and yep. the, rest, the rest is history. So, um, uh, okay, so trends through week 13 against the spread in the NFL. Um, favorites versus dogs. Favorites are 80-101 and 5. Home versus road teams. Home teams are 90-97 and 4. So they got a little closer to... Um, the middle there with the road teams home favorites 49 65 and three home dogs 39 30 and two which again there are a lot of this week substantial favorites which we consider to be of seven or greater are 29 33 and two against the spread outright losses there are nine total we had two last week almost three Pitt in seattle joined the island of misfit toys and minnesota for almost i think the second or third time this season barely got by the jack so that was uh that was pretty funny to watch um, this week, 16 games, Thursday Night Football already in the book. And we have, as you said, there are six home favorites, 10 home dogs. And uh, we have four substantial favorites this week in the form of Casey, Tennessee, Green Bay, and Seattle. How is Seattle laying 13 and a half to anyone? I do not know. But uh, all right, tell me tell me about your board, Doctor. What's, what's the first pick? All right, well, let's uh, go back to Chicago where we – were last week and uh, successfully uh, took the Lions. Uh, we got Houston at Chicago. Um, Chicago's plus one and a half. Uh, look, this team is, they were already unraveling. Uh, <laughs> the melt last week, the Lions was so Lions, it was it was pathetic for Chicago. Um, they're in turmoil. Uh, like I said, they hadn't won since week six last week. Uh, someone might give me the Bears or do argument. I would just say you're stupid. Uh, just there's just two, there's just chaos going on in the locker room. There's there's no belief anywhere on that field. I mean, it's just it's a really bad look. I don't see a path forward, and I think the team's playing gutless. Yeah, so, you got a coach, coach and GM that are dead men walking. Yeah, and I mean the season's over for them now. On the flip side, you've got Houston. Uh, you already mentioned the disastrous loss last week, which is very unfortunate for them. And uh, so they're you know they're they've already really been playing for pride. You know, this is like one of the times in the NFL where things start to turn to pride. Uh, Houston's been doing that for a while and doing it well. Like, yeah. You know, three and two in their, in their last five with L's to Cleveland and Indianapolis. Acceptable. Um, and, you know, they, they've been trying to get better. Last three games, Houston offense ranks eighth in the league at 394 yards per game. Bob, do you know what the Bears defense ranks in yards given up over their last three games? Well, I, and this is um, 
this is going to be a point I was going to make, uh, especially after they gave up. They gave up 460 to the Lions last week. So I got to imagine it's close to 20th. Uh, uh, they're 31st, and they're averaging giving up 410 over the last three games. And, and that's then, how you know they. And then, exactly. And then uh, points ranking 28th, uh, 31.3 per game. And they're just, they're done. I mean, that defense was the thing holding them together. Bring in Watson, and he's going to get his. Mitch is not going to be able to match Watson. Um, <laughs> so here I'm going with uh, Houston minus one and a half. They're playing with more pride. They'll get it done. And uh, this will also help the Lions in their playoff uh, run here to, to fully eliminate the Bears. <laughs> nice, nice touch there. <laughs> um, uh, so I'll, I'll say my, my first pick uh, also was the Texans. A lot of oh. reasons. <laughs> a lot, lot, lot of reasons you laid out, obviously. And uh, I'll just ask you one question, Doctor. Watson or Trubisky? <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need to know. Oh, uh, man. That's this all is you, too, it's too it's much. All you, it's all you yeah. need to know. Um, that's it. I, so I, I'm also going to kick the tires because I had the Texans last week. I feel like I got robbed. But um, I'm going to kick the tires on the Eagles again. Um, and this is more so kind of a Vegas play. I looked at the – percentage of bets right now it's 89 to 11 in favor of the new orleans saints we all know why we all know why it should be um but you know hey jalen hurts or carson wentz i don't know wentz or hurts can't be worse it just can't be worse at this point i know the team around him still isn't good they're at least average at best um but he came in immediately was just a little bit better than wentz and made some plays down the field so i think they can do enough i think it's going to be kind of a low scoring ugly type game and uh, I'm going to take the Eagles to cover the six and a half and go with go with Vegas. Well, so um, well, we're two for two. Uh, I am I am also the Eagles this week uh, for many of the reasons that that you said. Um, the odds, of course, with the public. Uh, look, you know. There's no doubt NFC is a or New Orleans is an NFC title contender. I think there's there's no doubt about that, especially when they get Breeze back. But you know all they've really done since Breeze went out is beat the Falcons twice. I I refuse to count the Denver game. Um, <laughs> right. It just doesn't even count. So yeah, I mean their defense is always good, uh, but I, I still don't know that they've proven anything without him. Uh, and I like what you said I mean, with Hurts coming in. There's just there's got to be new energy. Uh, you know, with this Eagles team, you saw a little bit of it um, last week. I mean, when you go with a guy who is a shell of himself, who it, it's got to be visible to the rest of the team that he has no confidence to, you know, young guy who's got some talent. I said he wasn't the long-term answer last week. I don't think he is, but he can be good enough for a few weeks here. Well, let's, let's see what he does. Um, so I'm with you on Philly. Lastly, uh, New Orleans is two and two. When being favored by more than six and a half points, I'm throwing out that Denver game. It does not count. Uh, so they're actually one and two. So I like uh, the Eagles to cover that big spread. Yeah. Okay. We're that's this is great. Two this is two. good. Uh, let's see. I, I think we might have another another one coming too. Oh boy. Okay. Oh um, boy. Well, the next one we're gonna head down to um, South Beach. <laughs> I'm in South Beach. Let's see where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna head down oh, to South boy. Beach, oh, and um, listen, Doctor, the Chiefs—they're due for an ass kicking. Um, lately, lately, you know, look, their first. Let me let me rattle off their first 
let's see, first four games. 34 to 20, 23 20, 34 20, 26 10. They lost to the Raiders. Since they lost the Raiders, they had a nine point victory, a 27 point victory. I think a 20, it was a crazy score to the Jets, killed them. And then it was like Carolina win by two, Vegas win by four, uh, Tampa kind of should. I said it was the biggest three point blow I've ever seen, but ended, ended up winning by three. And then just last past week, kind of an uglier game. One by six against Denver. And I, I think we've talked about them many times. Um, only they can stop them. And yeah. I think they're going to get out of that cold weather, head down where the sun is shining a little bit. They can stretch their legs more. And I, I see this a double-digit win for Kansas City. They they, uh, they drop a bomb on someone. And unfortunately, it's Miami. I know a lot of people talk about them. They're, they're a hot team, playing really well. But they haven't played these guys. So it's KC minus the seven and a half, I believe. That is correct. Yes, and, and so well, which, which side are you on? <laughs> let's make it three for three, Bob. <laughs> let's make it three for three. A lot of the, you know, a lot of the reasons you said. Um, yeah, you, you go back to, I, I think KC only stops themselves, and so they're going to get some points. And look, we all want to like Tua, and we think he could be a star, but if we're being honest, he hasn't been that great. Like, not certainly not showing anything that leads you to believe he's going to compete in a shootout with Mahomes. Uh, you know, in both of Tua's big wins against the Rams and the Cardinals, uh, D and special teams provided at least one TD. And I think yeah. in the Cardinals game, it was two. Um, yeah. And in his other two wins in, in the loss to Denver, you know, they, he just, he looked okay. You know, he looked like a you know, first-year quarterback. So he, he's not keeping up this year. And, and I know, so then you're going to go, okay, can Miami stop them, right? No. Uh, Miami statistically defense is okay, but yes, the answer is no, they cannot. They, they played three, what I consider three competent offenses in Buffalo, Seattle, and Arizona this year. All three gave up over 31 points. So is Tua going to get you to 24? You know, not happening. And as you mentioned, you know, Miami is fighting for this playoff spot. I, I think this is going to be a, a start to a rough stretch for them. They go Pats, Raiders, Bills. And, and I think they lose two of those three, and I don't know if that gets them in the playoffs. So we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. Lastly, a little uh, reversion to the meantime on this one. Uh, KC is 0-4 against the spread in their last four. Mm-hmm. Miami is 7-1. It's past eight. Yep. So we call that when we go the opposite way there. We're going to do a little reversion to the meat. Yep. Yep. I like it. The three for three. This is awesome. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be awesome. Uh all right. Well, well, I mean, well, like you said at the game, like I, I didn't see, I didn't think it was hard, but I, I didn't necessarily like, see games that popped one way or the other. I'm very surprised if like, we land on these these three. Let's see if we make it four, and or five. Okay. Well, do you want to head to, um, well, head to New York? Okay. I'm not on that one. <laughs> okay. Thank God. Um, yeah. I believe it's uh, MetLife Stadium they play in. I believe the, the, the G Men. Yes. The G-Men, um, they're plus two and a half against um, an Arizona team that I bet against last week and is uh, has a defense that's just leaking everywhere right now. And they've lost basically, they've basically lost five games in a row if you don't, if you count the Kyler Hail Mary, right? That's the yeah. only win they have. So you got a basically five-game loser. I mean, they wouldn't lose six in a row, would they not? <laughs> not to the Giants. Yes, they would. And they're going to. And um, this is also a Vegas play. The public is hammering. 87% of the bets are on Arizona right now. So Wow. Um, yeah, look, I, I think 
And like we, we watched last week, we were talking a little bit about the Seattle game. And like you're like, what is going on? And, and really the Giants defensively do rank well. Um, I think it's – let me just pull it out here. Um, so they have a top 10 defense. They're like 10th in yards allowed and 9th in scoring defense. Um, and they're, play, they're playing hard for Joe Judge. I, I, you got to give them credit. I mean, they're, it's kind of a ragtag group, but they're playing hard. And they play, definitely played a lot more physical in Seattle. And uh, I'll play them. And also, this is kind of odd, but 11th in rushing yards per game without Saquon and without Daniel Jones now. Um, so this is, in my little metric, Doctor, they, they rank uh, not too bad. So I think yeah, you haven't that. you haven't mentioned the metric much. I, well, I'm, it's still it's still being used. It's still being it's, used and updated. It's being tweaked. Me. It's being tweaked. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> things are getting modeled differently. But um, anyway, Gi- Giants are not that bad. I mean, they're they're ahead of teams. You know, they're ahead of Seattle actually. So um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the G-men plus a two and a half. And, and probably look, you don't even need it to. They're just gonna beat this team. The Cardinals are kind of they're, they're they're spiraling right now. And I think a lot of it has to do with Kyler being. I think he's playing hurt. And Indeed. I think it's just, yeah. I think it's just affecting the whole thing because they, they, that's their team. They rely on him for everything. Yeah. So, um, right now, just, just not playing that well. Probably hurt. So it's the G-men, and Cardinals go down for the fifth time in six weeks. Wow. Well, that'll be also be good for the Lions in their uh, playoff hunts. <laughs> Please uh, stop saying that. <laughs> I can't. I can't stop, and I won't stop. Uh, it's so funny. It's, 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 it's too good. All right, I'll I'll go I'll go out west. Uh, Atlanta at the Chargers. Chargers plus two and a half. Uh, this is again. You know, you've said a couple times uh, playing harder uh, or playing with more pride. Um, you know, I normally think that's you know stupid, especially early on in the season. Like, oh, guys are playing hard, but it does matter. I mean, it actually comes into play here. In these, it ma- in it matters games. now. It matters yeah, now. Yeah, right. It matters now more than ever. So both these teams, their seasons are over. The Falcons are four and eight. The Chargers three and nine. Uh, look, I'm not going to hammer the Chargers the way I hammered the Bears because I think the Bears are gutless and, and just they've given up. But the Chargers just can't win games. I mean, these guys are one and five in the last six. Uh, the lone win coming against Jets. The funny thing about this is the Chargers are a top ten team in yards gained, uh, and top ten D in yards given up. They just they just don't win games. Right. Uh, you know the Falcons on the other hand three and two in their last five. Uh, both their losses are to the Saints, which we just yep. talked about. We think is a pretty good defensive team, uh, and they've been playing with pride. You know since like you know week six after the going five start. Uh, you know coach dismissed. So I think they deserve some credit. I know you were bad on them last week. Um, so I, I like Atlanta here. Um, you know, th- remember the start of the year, how, how bad that defense was? And this yep. is, I bring up a lot of these, like, last three game stats. You've heard yep. me mention them earlier. You're going to hear them again because it's, like you said, it's starting to matter now. So in the last three games, uh, the Falcons D, seventh in points per game, only giving up 17 points. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Chargers, 30th, giving up 33.3 points per game. Uh, you know, also the Chargers are ranking 28th in scoring offense at 17 points per game. Atlanta's kind of right in the middle. Uh, they're putting up 22 points. So, you know, all this indicates to me Atlanta's keeping it together. They're playing harder. They're growing. They're doing something right. Uh, so I'm going with Atlanta. Lastly, the Falcons are seven and one against the spread in their last eight games against a team with a losing record. So there you go. Yeah, I and that's I like. I think I think going going back to the Texans thing. I think. If you look at the quarterback position, I think for the Texans and the Falcons, I just think they're the way they go about their business in just a professional way. I think it, it kind of 
it kind of keeps people around them in check a little bit and keeps those teams together, even yeah. though they may not be great or they may not win, but they they're prof- they played professionally week to week. Yes, that's a good point. Um, all right, I, I have my last pick to go, and I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I, uh, I kept going back and forth between two teams. It was two teams that played each other last week in Cleveland and Tennessee. Oh, all right. Oh, gosh. Let's see and I, did. And I said, I said, who's going to – are the Browns – are they going to keep this going against Baltimore, someone they got blown out by at home, I think, in week one? Um, or is Tennessee going to bounce back? Which one is more likely? Which one is – it kind of – Tennessee kind of – not necessarily drop a bomb, but win convincingly against a bad team. Um, and what's, what's more – it really came down to this, because I'd like both teams to cover this week, but as far as who made it into the picks – um, it is the Browns, plus three points. And, <laughs> oh, and, boy. oh and, boy! And I, I am so. And by the way, it came down to this factor. I am so bought into this OBJ thing. It's not even funny. There's he, he is such addition by subtraction. It is not. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, Baker is just he's dropping bombs everywhere. They 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 are killing Tennessee. Four touchdown passes in the first yeah. half last week. I know Tennessee is not a great defensive team. But still, I mean, to do that to any NFL team like that. It was a card job. Yeah. yeah, and so, and, and, and Baker's just kind of, you know, he, he they still have a great running game that they can rely on with uh, Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So that's very helpful, but it's opening things up for Baker. And he's hitting not he's hitting all kinds of guys. He's hitting uh, Donovan's Peoples-Jones for a big touchdown. Yeah. So, um, look, it's he's he doesn't have to he doesn't have to cater to this maniac anymore. And I think it's helped him out. So, um, yeah, it's the Browns plus three. And I think a bigger part of that, too, is you talked about the Cleveland run D. And it is, yeah. even though their, their defense overall doesn't rank very high, their run D is top 10. And I think if you can just negate that with Baltimore a little bit, uh, that's kind of all they can do. So I think the Browns do keep it going. I think they win this game. Uh, well, we're uh, four out of five <laughs> are matching. So, uh, I, look, I, I like a lot of what you said. Also, I, I felt like I was surprised by this line. Um you know, I, I can't believe that Cleveland is getting points, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, normally that would lead me to go with the Baltimore route um, because normally it's too be true. But in this case, I, I think myself and I guess you now and Browns fans are the only ones feeling that this line should should be different. Um, so, you know, while I think people have been questioning the Ravens over the past few weeks, like what kind of team are they? The odds makers don't seem to be thinking there are any questions. I, I think they're wrong. And, you know, I think they're basing this on, what, last year's Ravens or the performance against the Cowboys, which was game, which was, I can't remember, it was on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or whatever day of the week that game was played on. But, I mean, it's it's bullshit. The Cowboys are Terrible. dead last in runs. Uh, yeah. Rush yards given up, yards per attempt. So get the fuck out with the Ravens are back. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're an average football team. You already mentioned the Cleveland run defense like I, I think Cleveland I hope they look at this line I hope Baker feels disrespected by this line I might actually tweet at him just to make sure he knows like <laughs> a complete lack of disrespect I mean complete disrespect for these guys and you know unlike you who gets dis- disrespected constantly by TV shows I think the Browns are gonna, <laughs> are gonna <laughs> I think the Browns are gonna you know do something about it so I'm with you on Cleveland plus three I, I think they'll respond to being disrespected unlike yourself Okay, we, we got we got we got it at plus two. By the way, it's plus two. Okay, that's what I thought. You said you said plus three, so okay. I, I had plus two. I wasn't sure if you had made a change. Hey, you know what? You're not going to need the points. Not You're, not You're not going to. You're not going to win the game. Um, yeah, and it's kind of kind of 
uh, add on to Cleveland here. Um, I think that win last week was kind of a watershed moment for this group because what they've been doing up until this point is they're mostly beating all the average to mediocre to bad teams they play, yeah. and they were they were losing and getting pretty losing pretty badly to the better teams. Right. And that win last week was kind of a breakthrough. I thought performance. They came in against a good team and they yeah. blew their doors off, and that was just. That kind of opened my eyes a little bit. Went, whoa, okay. Uh, and again, without their quote-unquote star receiver, Odell Beckham Jr. Well, yeah, I mean, they they shut they shut them down. Like, you know, Tennessee primarily wants to run the ball, and yeah. they got shut down. And, yeah. you know, we know the, the Ravens, you know, they're, they're run first. They're, like, they're the most run-heavy team in the league. That's they're all they can get, do. <laughs> yeah, they're going to get shut down. I know people will say, like, you know, they held Derrick Henry 60 yards, and people will be like, well... Uh, you know, they went all past the second half. Fine, they, they might have, but they shut down that run game in the first half, which obviously forced them to go all past in the second half, and they deserve some credit for that, and I think that repeats this week. Yeah, so they, a lot of people are calling them fake. I think they got to eat some crow now because uh, they're, they're 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 not fake. They're they're a good team. I'm not saying they're going to win a Super Bowl, but they are uh, – I think they're a better team than the Ravens right now. So, yeah. Uh, all right, I think we're, we're through our picks. We're four, four. four matches. I don't, know, I don't know how that happened. Um, yeah. Yeah. But this should make for a very interesting Sunday uh, afternoon. Um, before we go, is there any other topic you would like to uh, go through? Um, were you going to congratulate me? Congra- congratulate you on winning the regular season uh, fantasy football championship? No, I was not. I know it doesn't mean as much as the playoffs, but it still feels good to, to win that. That's a little cash in the pocket. Did you, you weren't going to congratulate me for that? No, I wasn't. <laughs> no. no other comments on that. No, I'd okay. rather I'd rather I'd rather talk about um, you know Michigan canceling their game. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. I I do I do <laughs> want to call them gutless and make fun of them for it. It's kind of hard to do though. Like, what, I mean, what do you do? You know, like have you done your research? Like how many COVID cases they actually have, and is it was it was it really COVID related, or are they being gutless? Well, simply put, why why cancel? Just postpone. Play it in a week or two. I, was the Big Ten doing that? I thought like the Big Ten had like no room for error in the scheduling. Like once it got, I thought it was part of the rules. Like once it got canceled, it, it was I, done because they got to get in the Big Ten championship game. Whatever. I don't know for sure. That's just what I thought. Hey, if you want to, if you want, if it's so, if it's the game. It's the game. If you want to keep true. the game going, yeah. I guess, why, so play why? even just play outside of the like normal schedule, right? Just play it after the Big Ten championship game. It's the game. You're right. Yeah, what, right. guys, it's so important. It's such a big tradition. Why, why, why cancel? Just, just postpone. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, thing. so we we kind of keep asking these questions. Like each week, things change. You, Harbaugh on the sidelines next year or not? Yes. Still. Okay. You? No. Okay. Would you care to apologize about your comments for Mel Tucker earlier this year? Yeah. I I don't know what I'm apologizing for. I'm a Mel Tucker guy. I'm a, I'm a Mel Tucker guy. Okay, that's kind of an indirect. That's kind of an indirect apology in a way. So, oh, all right. I want the guy to be successful. Seems like a great guy. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. I mean, just once again, actually, no. Let's go back to that. That was disrespectful. <laughs> what happened in week one, and you should not have been okay with that. Much like when you watch those bad TV shows, it's, you get disrespected every week. Every week. <laughs> Hey, you just watched. You just watched the doing. That was good. I I, that, one, that one was good. That, that came from a couple of people. I, you did tell me about it, but I made sure to talk to some others before taking. <laughs> do some. Do some. Do the audience. No, that was good. That was good. Did you What's do? Did you, did you do Outer Banks? Uh, no, not yet. 
Outer Banks is good. So I, I said on the text, but it's like, it's like uh, the bloodline in the OC had a child. That's what it's like. Oh, that's amazing. Well put. Wow. How could Perfect. you not watch that? Exactly. You're gonna you're gonna love <laughs> yes. it. Yes. Uh, I'm in, Bob. I'm in. <sighs> All right. Well, I think, All right. I think, well, hey, you got any big plans this weekend? <laughs> no, I, I'm not allowed to have plans. Um, yeah. I my big thing might no my new activity is I'm just I'm growing a beard. I'm not shaving until there's a vaccine. That's well, that there was, was a there's a one that got approved for emergency use last night. All right, I'll put it this way: I'm not shaving. I'm not shaving until this whole thing's over. Until it's just over. It'll never be over. <laughs> that's probably <laughs> might be fair. All right, uh, I think we're. I think we've covered everything. Yeah, I think we've, we're rolling it out here. But uh, all right, well, hey man, um, have a good Friday night. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Out. Okay, that is a wrap on episode fifty-two. I want to say good luck to everyone in their endeavors, and thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Don't forget to uh, DSRR download, subscribe, rate, review, share it with a friend, leave a comment. Any feedback I can get is very appreciative. Um, Also, if you like movies, probably 10 or 12 episodes back, I had uh, my big brother come on and dear friend Tony we did top five movies of the 21st century. We did our Martin Scorsese top five as well, but they're separate eps. Um, but if you just like to hear people talk about movies who you know don't know what they're talking about, this is the pod for you. Um, and also, yeah, like I said, if, if you know anyone who's maybe interested in adding to their list of bad habits with DFS or gambling, we're here for you at the SRS pod. So um, yeah, share with anyone you think might be interested. And the reason I want to throw out that movie one too as a reminder is I think... We're going to do one on Tenet in the upcoming weeks here with uh, Big Brother Michael and dear friend Tony. There's a lot to unpack with that movie. Christopher Nolan finally might have lost his mind. I'm not sure. But uh, I know that comes out next Tuesday, available to rent and buy. So um, only one of us has yet to see it. And once they do, I think we're going to maybe jump on a pod and uh, try to sort it out if it's even possible. So, uh, yeah, look for that as well. And uh, we will see you next time.